Yeah, you're fine. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Yakima Vineyard. Um, we are in unusual times and circumstances, and so we, as the church has always done, is doing what we can to adapt and to change and try to press into what God is doing at this time and in this moment. So I want to begin with a word of prayer, and then we're going to get going. I'm going to keep my message this week a little bit shorter than normal because I um, do have a special guest who's going to join me this morning, and I thought we would have a little bit of a conversation kind of about um, what we're doing and what we're facing and how we're reacting to it. So let's begin with a word of prayer. If you even where you are right now, just close your eyes and find the Holy Spirit. Just sense the Holy Spirit in this moment, the presence of God. Holy Spirit, come. We invite you to join us right where we are. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for the comfort, Lord God, that you say you'll never leave us, that you never forsake us, that no one and nothing can snatch us out of your hand, God. And we thank you for that, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are with us no matter where we go, that you're our comforter, that you're our counselor, that you surround us. Jesus, bring your presence this morning. Lord, more than ever, in this moment, we need you, God. Jesus, you're the only real answer to all of the difficulties we face, God. And Lord, ultimately, you're the answer to every issue and problem and circumstance that we face in the world. So Lord, show us how to be truly your followers and to respond as you would respond to Jesus. Amen. Well, again, good morning. Um, we tried to set things up so they would be as normal as possible, um, you know, as normal as possible in the circumstances. And so we put the camera here kind of where one of you might be sitting. Um, we gave Dusty space to roam around because as anybody who's ever been here on a Sunday morning knows, I'm a roamer and um, my brain works better when my body is in action. So um, it just kind of helps me think and formulate thoughts. Um, because I'm a nerd, we're going to start off with one of my most favorite nerdy quotes by J.R. Tolkien. He and Frodo are having this conversation. Frodo is, is being worn down by the weight of this burden that he's called to carry that was the One Ring. And he's just, he's not sure what to do. There's all this chaos, the, the Uruk High are riding, and the goblins are attacking people. Um, there's death and, and war around him. And, and Frodo's talking to Gandalf, and they're having kind of this intimate conversation, this intimate moment. And Frodo says, I wish it need not have happened in my time. So do I, said Gandalf, and so do all who come to live and see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. 
And this is that time for us. This is that same place for us. What are we going to do? What will we decide to do with this time that is given us? Jesus tells us that in this world you will have trouble in John 16.33. Yet it seems like we humans have an almost infinite ability to be surprised when we're faced with it. In spite of having foreknowledge that it will happen. The true challenge is to have the character of Christ in how we respond to difficult times. Times of trouble often come from unforeseen places and circumstances, different situations. I mean, you know, if you can see trouble coming, a lot of times you can mitigate its impact. But when you're surprised by something, when drastic things happen, that's when our character that we've formed in Christ, who we are as the people of God, really comes to the forefront. Many times we don't know how long these times of uncertainty will last. They can cause anxiety, which is normal. It's normal to be anxious. It's normal to have fear. It's normal when your life gets kind of upended to have some angst about that. So it's okay. It's okay. However, we who follow Jesus can have comfort. For he says he will never leave us, that he will never forsake us. We can find peace in his presence. And I would say beyond that, we can carry his peace with us when we are with others, when we do interact with people, when we call somebody on the phone, when we text, when we reach out, when you call your mom or your dad or your grandma or your friend or your coworker who's struggling Bring the peace of God. Pray. Ask God to be with you before you go and make that call or make that send that email or send that text or have that interaction. Say, Lord, in this moment right now, what is it you want me to say? How do you want me to encourage this person that I'm going to interact with? With the wisdom of social distancing, we will be scattered and not in direct fellowship with each other. John 16, 31 through 33 says this. Do you now believe, Jesus replied, a time is coming, and in fact has come when you will be scattered, each to your own home. Wow, does that sound familiar to anybody? Seems kind of familiar to me. You will be scattered, each to your own home. You'll leave me all alone, yet I am not alone. For my Father is with me. Do you hear that hope that Jesus says? I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things, so that in that time, that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. We can have hope in Jesus. We knew that there was times when we would be scattered, when we would be apart from each other. I love church. I love gathering together with my brothers and sisters. Anybody who's ever met me knows that I am a hugger. I love to hug the people that I love and that I care about. And so this social distancing thing is going to be super hard on me. It's going to be really difficult. I love having worship 
with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I love us singing together. I love to lay hands on people and pray for them and ask God to be with them. However, Jesus told us that there would be times when this couldn't happen, when this, this wouldn't be allowed. And so he tells us to have peace, to take heart, because God is with us. You are not alone. Jesus encouraged us to have this peace. The gospel of Jesus is good news. We have this living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. An inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. It says in 2 Peter 1, 3-4. It is because of this reality that we can take heart and that we can be of good courage. The troubles and trials that make our hearts sick is because we are placing our hope in that which does not satisfy. Money, health, a job, relationships, a position. Christ calls us not to place our hope in temporal uncertain things. As we've seen in the last few weeks with the stock market, human institutions, and even other people can fail us. Jesus never fails us. We can place our hope in Christ. We can place our hope in God where it is secure, where it is safe, where it is eternal and forever. This moment, if there's any, ever been a moment that can show us how we get comfortable and we think life is always going to be this way and this is how things are always going to go, but that is not reality. That is a false reality. However, our hope in Jesus is secure. It is safe. So place your hope where it belongs, in Jesus Christ. I think of King David and how he said, some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but as for me, I place my hope in the Lord. For a large segment of us, this virus is not about us. I'm feeling healthy. I feel well. I'm not even suffering from seasonal allergies at the moment, which normally happen around this time of year. And you may be wondering what all of the kerfuffle is about. I wrote on my notes that I've always wanted to use the word kerfuffle. Now I have my moment where I can say kerfuffle. And I'm going to admit that I like, uh, I, I'm a fan of a certain judge by the name of Judith Scheinland. Judge Judy, you may know her by, and she uses the word kerfuffle all the time, and I've always wanted to use it. So there you go. I got to use the word kerfuffle. But there are rare times in our life where we have an opportunity to step up and truly live out what it is that Jesus called us to live out. In Matthew 22, 39, it says, love others as you love yourself. I know for many of you this might be hard to hear. But this situation may not be about you. You may be called to sacrifice your comfort, your choices, money, emotions, and more for the sake of others. As followers of Jesus, this is how we should be living anyway. Yet I see so many of my fellow believers struggling with it. It's because our emotions are real. 
And the experiences we are losing are real. I feel them too. I, I had a St. Patrick's Day party I was supposed to be part of yesterday, and I really wanted it to happen, and I love it. And it's so, like, I look forward to it, and I cook, and, and we have Irish food, and we hang out together and sing Irish songs, and I love it. And none of us showed up. And we kept our distance from each other because we love each other. Sometimes love isn't being in one another's presence. Sometimes love is staying away, which can be really hard. And I felt the pain of that myself. It was just a little party, right? Um, but it's something I look forward to every year and that I really enjoy. But our... I, I wasn't going to use this quote, but I'm going to because it just seems so pertinent. C.S. Lewis, who anybody who ever listens to me knows is I quote almost every week because he's my theological mentor. Um, C.S. Lewis says, that, says this, I'm not particularly sure that God is interested in our happiness. He wants for us to love and to be loved and for his kingdom to advance. It's not necessarily about us just being happy. Last night would have made me really happy. However, love mandated, love mandated that I not gather with my friends and family. Love mandated that I keep social distance. Love mandated that I not spread sickness. That in all likelihood, I, we have a number of folks in our, in our congregation here at Yakima Vineyard who are immunocompromised, who are suffering from respiratory diseases, who have heart conditions, many other things, who if they catch this thing, it may kill them. And if I love them, it's my duty, it's, it's my calling as a follower of Christ to not interact with them, to keep them safe, because they're vulnerable. And Jesus called for us to look out for the least of these. He said that directly to us for us to care for the least of these. So it's my duty. As I was thinking about our response, I was reminded of the sacrifice so many of our military have made and do make every day. They go off to war, often with little com comparative compensation for the pain and the challenges that they're going to face. However, they choose to go and fight for the greater good of our society and our country. Most of them serve out of a sense of duty for the greater good, for their families and their friends. Can we collectively answer this challenge in this moment and do the same with grace and, yes, even joy in the midst of this? We're stronger together, and we have a rare, maybe a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to bring light into darkness, to truly rise up and be the carriers of the kingdom of God to our communities. We were made for times such as this. This is why the church was formed by God. This is why Jesus brought brothers and sisters together. This is why iron sharpens iron, is for moments such as this, when the church can advance and the kingdom of God can be brought to bear on darkness and pain and hurt. 
Psalm 118 says, This is the day that the Lord has made. Really? This day? The day with closed schools, shuttered churches, fear, anxiety, and the COVID-19 virus? This one? This is the day the Lord has made? Yes, this day. The Lord made this day. This is our day. This is the day for the followers of Jesus. This is the day for God's kingdom to advance and to bring light into the darkness. And will you answer that call? Will I answer that call? Jesus encourages us to store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Matthew 6, 20 through 21. So what does this look like? Maybe you, like myself, have found some humor in all of the jokes and memes running around of people like protecting themselves by making forts out of Costco toilet paper and other such things. But I want to say this. Empty store shelves, just making sure that you and your own are taken care of. God looks at our hearts. Scripture says over and over and over, from the beginning of Scripture to the end of Scripture, that the Lord looks at our hearts. And if you are only taking care of you and yours, and God looks at your heart, what will he see? And how will that... How will that stand when you're before the Lord? That in this time, in this moment, it's like, well, I got my 20 cases of toilet paper, so at least me and my family, we're okay. We have what we need. When God looks at your heart, what will he see? I would just ask everyone during this challenging time to examine your hearts, to look at your responses, and see what that's going to be. Each small act of not doing what you were going to do and doing acts of kindness or support will add up exponentially. These acts can and will save lives. I came up with a few little ideas. Are you missing church? I will be missing church. If you're missing church, be Jesus to another church member or a neighbor. Go and ninja drop some cookies on their front porch. You're out of school. Start writing cards to people who need some encouragement in this difficult time. Maybe write it to our military members overseas or somebody that you know in a nursing home or a grandma or a grandpa who hasn't heard from you. Young people, use that time. Use that time. Are you home from work? Maybe do an act of kindness for someone. Go work in their yard. You'll be maintaining a good social distance. Go work, start cleaning their yard for them and make it look nice. How much would that bless them? It's like, well, I'm not working today, and so I have all this time on my hands. I could sit and read a book, which I love. I could sit and play on my Xbox, which I love. And I'm sure some of those things will happen. But if I'm not at work and I choose to use that time to advance the kingdom of God, by doing unto others what I would love for them to do unto me, 
Like if somebody showed up and started cleaning up my yard, how amazing would that be? How blessed would I be when I walk out there and I see all my leaves are gone, right? So think about that. What can you do? Are you missing a party, like I mentioned earlier? Call, text, email, video chat, your parent, grandparent, friend, coworker, whoever it is that God lays on your heart. I'd like for you to consider doing this each day. Wake up, if you have time, and you're not doing something that you would normally be doing, some activity because you're at home. Wake up and interact with the Lord. Say, God, what do you have for me today? What's my assignment? What's my mission? How do I bring the kingdom of God in this moment? And then do that. This is also a prime opportunity to go deeper with the Lord. Read the Word. Read your Bible. If you've got time, read Scripture. Be encouraged by that. Talk to the Lord. Give Him your fear. Give Him your worries. Lift other people up. Develop your skill of being silent before the Lord in meditation and listening for His still, small voice. If you need any resources or encouragement for this, I recommend highly, it's, I teach a class every year. It's a book by a man by the name of Richard Foster. It's been out for a long time. It's called Celebration of Discipline. I've taught a class on it almost every year for at least a decade. And there are some great encouragements of how to get into your word, how to pray, how to meditate before God, um, how to be silent before the Lord so you can hear his voice. So I would encourage you to do that. How might the world change, even for the better, if we viewed this moment as an opportunity rather than a hardship? That this is an opportunity for us to go deeper with God, that this is an opportunity for us to love our neighbors, that this is an opportunity for us to truly be followers of Jesus. Will we respond to that? Can we truly be the people of God and bring God's kingdom to bear? Don't miss this moment. This is a once-in-a-lifetime chance to advance the kingdom of God, maybe in a deeper, more meaningful way than you'll ever have another chance for in your life. And I would encourage you to seize this moment and seize this opportunity. Um, I'd like to invite, at this moment, a friend of mine up. His name is Dr. Aaron Anderson. He's one of my best friends. I don't usually refer to him as doctor, nor does he refer to me as pastor. So um, my wife's signaling me. I'm sorry. What? Try, it. Try talking without the mic. So we're recording an MP3 as well. And that's going directly to the computer, and so it's, that would kill that. And yes, I know it's a giant auditorium with me talking. And since there's no bodies to absorb that sound, it's very big and echoey. Just pretend this is the voice of God speaking to you with the echo. Uh, anyway, this is my good friend, um, Dr. Aaron Anderson. And I thought this might be a good opportunity for us to hear from a medical professional. Um, Dr. Anderson's been working in the medical field for how long now, including like when you started residency in about 13 and a half years? Okay, so. Is this working? I, okay. It is working, Yay. hopefully. <laughs> um, 
And so I thought this would be a good opportunity for us to hear from someone who is on the front lines of this. And then, um, Aaron, if you're okay with it, at the end, uh, just as I was kind of praying how to approach some of this, I felt like in a, in a prophetic sense, I want you to be an icon for our first responders, for our medical community, and for us collectively to pray for you guys and ask God's blessing and protection on you that you can do what you need to do in this moment. Um, and so uh, at the end, we're going to do that. Um, I won't lay hands on you because we're going to be talking about social distancing, and I'm trying to do my best Just to not be like who this. I am. <laughs> See, right? So that's a proper, like, so we each got probably about a three-foot span here, so about six feet's good. Um, well, but Dave, if we move over, we can't social distance, so okay. Um, <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, just we kind of wanted to show what this looks like and, and ask some questions and kind of why we're doing what we're doing. So I'm going to ask Aaron a couple questions, and then um, I asked him to kind of prepare something to, that he thought would be good information for everyone to have. Um, so Aaron, why, why are we doing all this? I mentioned the kerfuffle. Um, why are we doing all of this? What's, what's the purpose of this? Why, why is this so extreme? Real, real quick disclaimer, and then I'll get into this. So I am a primary care doctor and internal medicine trained, and I am seen and involved in this in the community. I am not an infectious disease expert. Correct. And what I'm going to talk about in terms of guidelines to adhere to are based on the CDC and, and training, and they're not intended to be individual medical advice. Perfect. Thank you. Um, so coronavirus 19 is a virus that started in Wuhan, China in December um, in the province of Wuhan. I think many of you know a little bit about the background, but it's been spreading around the world. Um, it's causing countries to shut down. Our country is in the process of essentially shutting down because of this. And it's different in that it is affecting um, people that are especially vulnerable in a unique way and people with immune systems that may be a bit compromised or that are over 60 um, have been um, getting very ill. And so far, just for some stats here, Worldwide, there's at least 162,000 cases. Um, there's been over 6,000 deaths so far. Um, in the U.S., we are seeing a big uptick recently. We have, um, as of Friday, the CDC was reporting about 1,600 active cases mm. and um, 41 deaths. That Actually, we have probably quite a few more than that. We have 40 so far in Yakima. I'm sorry, 40 so far in the state of Washington, and we have four reported cases here in Yakima. And... Um, what many of us are seeing is that this is probably just the very tip of the iceberg. Um, we haven't had really good testing yet that's been rolled out. As of right. around Friday, more of us were able to start really testing, um, but it takes oftentimes four or five days to get the results back. So I suspect that we're going to see in this coming week um, a big increase in uh, the number of cases we're seeing just because of the, the testing. Because you're able to, to investigate. Do. Right. So I don't I want people to hear, oh, there's only four cases in Yakima. Not a big deal. Um, this is very the very tip tip of the iceberg, and we do believe that something is happening that's called community spread. So it's no longer have you traveled to China, have you traveled to South Korea, have you had direct contact with somebody with this virus? Yeah. It's now spreading within the community, and that's where all these precautionary measures are being taken. Right, right. Yeah, like you know, I think it was two weeks ago, or no, last week I was over in Kent. Um, you know, on the west side where there's a greater incidences and um, we just don't know, right? 
Um, is it true that um, you can go a little while without showing any symptoms? Yeah, there's this thing called the incubation period, and it seems that's before people start showing active symptoms of, of the virus. And it seems to be anywhere from two to five days, most likely. It could be longer. It could be 10 days. Um, it's not co completely clear how long it takes for people to show symptoms. And what's more concerning about this compared to other illnesses is that oftentimes people are fairly asymptomatic or may have very mild symptoms. And so those that are have very mild or minimal symptoms may be ones that are spreading it because they don't feel that bad right. to other people that are more vulnerable. Got it. Got it. Um, what is social distancing and why is that an effective response to the spread of a, of a pandemic? They've, they've classified this as a pandemic, correct? Yes. So it's a legitimate pandemic. And um, so how do we, why is social distancing a, the proper and reasonable response to a pandemic? So, and, and could you explain yeah. what social distancing yeah. is? Sure. So social distancing um, defined by the CDC is at least six feet of distance between individuals. And um, we're trying to model that here. So this is the best we can. Six feet. Roughly. Uh, <laughs> um, and it's about six feet between individuals. And um, as, as you've seen in the news, there's been a lot of larger gatherings that have been canceled. Right. NBA. Right. Um, you know, Coachella. Coachella, these uh, big festivals. You know. Schools are, are canceling. And a lot of Comic-Con, just right. for the record. Comic-Con, even. So a lot of these are being canceled because um, there's more opportunity for something like this to spread. And again, it's, it's oftentimes in these individuals that have maybe mild symptoms, they don't feel that sick, they're in these gatherings that could be spreading it to multiple people. Right. So there's been a real limitation, even statewide, you know, less than 250 people gathering. We're looking at more like 50 to 100. Um, and then even after that, like we talked about with our parties. Right. And uh, my, birth uh, my daughter had a birthday party planned for last night that she did not go to. And um, a lot of these sacrifices that we're making are in order to prevent right. that transmission among people that have kind of mild symptoms. Yeah. It's also to protect the more vulnerable. Yes. So if somebody, let's say our teenagers are hanging out and spreading something like this and they have mild symptoms, they may be going home to grandparents. They may be going home to other people that are more susceptible, and that's where um, this can be serious. Um, and these, these viruses tend to really take off when we are um, not very conscientious about this. Mm. Uh, I think the crisis in Italy yeah. um, is a little bit of a warning to other countries in terms of how quickly this can take right. off if there isn't proper social And distancing. they've, in essence, shut down the nation, right? Yeah. And now France and Spain, other nations are shutting down as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there anything you feel like um, people watching or listening should know that is just you know truly important information? Sure. So one thing to keep in mind is that not every sniffle, cough, you know, during this time is coronavirus. We are still seeing flu cases. We are still seeing others circulating cold viruses that we right. see this time of year. So not every, every symptom um, is coronavirus. Um, I will say that you know, for the majority of people, probably 80%, there's going to be a mild case if they get exposed to this, probably, uh, from what we can see from the data. Um, so the best thing to do is to stay home. If you are sick, stay home. 
give yourself a couple, give yourself a couple weeks to recover. Um, for those that are experiencing uh, more moderate or severe symptoms, I would say call your primary care practitioner. Um, and if you have shortness of breath, um, chest pain, uh, other more severe symptoms. Fever, was that one of the things? Fever, fever, you can't eat or you can't eat or drink or you're getting more ill. That's where you need to potentially go to the hospital. Um, but for the majority of people, staying home is what's recommended. Right. And we don't want people that are sick um, going out and spreading it in the community at, right. at all possible. Well, and part of that, too, is like flooding our hospital with cases that are not necessary I, the hospitalization and they're having to deal with and especially in Yakima County right now where we're down to one hospital this is an even more urgent thing of just not going every time you feel slightly ill or something going yeah, on. Yeah right? approximately 10 percent um, of cases can be severe with the coronavirus okay especially uh, among those that are over 60 and then have other uh, medical issues, issues that we okay. talked about um, and if you think about 10% of Yakima County needing hospital-level care, that could quickly overwhelm our medical system. Right, right. That's another reason why the social distancing and um, the inconvenience that we're all experiencing is, right. is really important. Right. Um, one last question before I, I very much want us to just pray for you. Um, but there's a lot of uh, misinformation floating around. There's a lot of... Um, conspiracy theories. Um, those of you out there with your tinfoil hats thinking that the lizard men created this virus in some lab somewhere. Um, what are some reputable, um, time-honored places that people can go for up-to-date, legitimate, verified, scientifically accurate, data-driven information? I would start with the CDC yeah, website. Absolutely. And there's a lot of information on there for um, lay individuals, you know, real clear symptoms and diagnosis, treatment information, how to keep the house clean, how to keep your environment sanitized. Um, you know, you can use a little bit of bleach and water to sanitize your environment. Right. You don't have to have real special cleaning products. Okay. Not everybody needs to be wearing a mask. <laughs> if individuals are sick, they should probably wear a mask and stay away from other other individuals. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of good information on the CDC website. And then um, I think reputable news sources um, is another way to get information. Um, I'm trying to limit my own social media consumption and sure. other consumption because a lot of times our social media filters to whatever. Right, you gravitate towards. You gravitate towards. Yeah. So just be, you know, caution, I, I think, with that. Yeah. Yeah, and so that is something that people do need to know as, as a tech guy, as somebody who works in technology. Um, Facebook, Google, other types of social media sources, they curate what you see based on your likes and dislikes so that you see more of what it is you're interested in because that's how they make more money is through the clicks. And so if you're going to a lot of conspiracy websites, if you're going to single news sources, if you're going to specific places, you know, um, certain subreddits or something or different things, they will begin um, tailoring that for you so that you see more of what you like because and then in turn that means that they make more income because you're feeding what it is you're already interested in. So what Aaron's saying is correct, that type of thing. So my encouragement to you would be to start um, flattening that curve as well. Um, so, you know, if you go to um, 
you know, one website that's on one side of the issue, maybe go to another, try to get a lot of information. And our government websites, the CDC in particular, other places like that, um, we would just encourage you to go to reputable places to get your information and treat everything outside of a reputable place with a real grain of salt. And just have wisdom. Be wise. And, and just to speak to the anxiety piece, I think all of us, whether you're in the healthcare field or in the community, are feeling a little bit of anxiety Absolutely. about Absolutely. this. And that's, and that's normal. Yeah. And um, it's real. You know, one, one thing I work with a, a counselor, and I asked her for some information for staff and other people on managing the anxiety. Yeah. And things like, you know, minimizing time on social media. Yeah. Yeah. Things like minimizing your time just watching the news feed over and over yeah. again. And you're going to have a lot of time, uh, right. so you're going to gravitate towards that. So, you know, deep breathing exercises, meditation, prayer, um, you know, calling somebody, going for a walk in your yard or in the park or going for a hike. You know, those are all are really yeah. good things to manage this time rather than um, getting sucked into, I just need more information, more information, right. more information. Right. Because that just ramps our anxiety up. And you kind of get, it's this um, self-fulfilling prophecy, the self-fulfilling cycle of you just, your your brain, it's it's like um, uh, my dog with bacon. Social media for humans is a lot like my dog with bacon. He would just eat all the bacon until he threw up. And us with social media, a lot of times it's the same thing. So finding some self-discipline, um, those some of those fruits of the spirit, those would be good things to enact. Well, Aaron, I'd like to pray for you. Um, and if everyone who's watching this, if you guys would um, join with me in prayer for Aaron, I'm not going to lay hands on him because, I'll, you know, that's what I would want to do. Yes. So, but reach out our virtual hands. And, you know, in, in charismatic circles, we do this thing because a lot of times we're sitting out there and they're praying for somebody up front. So if you want to just reach out your hand in like a kind of a prophetic act of as if laying on hands. So we'll reach out our hands. Holy Father. Lord Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, Lord, we ask in this moment, in this time, Lord God, for all of our first responders, and particularly our medical personnel, um, those who support them, Lord God, all of the administrative personnel, Lord Jesus, anybody who is kind of on the front line of dealing with this, Lord. Lord, would you bring your grace your mercy, your protection to them, Lord God. Lord, would they find peace in you in the midst of being in, in dangerous, sometimes even unknown circumstances, Lord God. Lord Jesus, would you, by your mighty hand, hold them in your palm, Lord God. Lord, would you shadow them under your wing, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you go with them? Would you surround them? Would you give them your wisdom as they're responding to this? Lord, I ask that, that just like the young man brought his, his fishes and loaves and you did a miracle, Lord, would you allow all of our medical professionals to take what knowledge it is that they have? And Lord God, would you enhance it and expand it and make it even greater than what it is and bring healing to our nation? Lord God, I believe in healing. I believe that you can crush viruses. I believe that you can touch people, that you can, that you can even mitigate um, what we're looking at, Lord God. And so, Lord, we also pray, would you divinely 
go and start stamping this out. Lord, would you begin healing people? Lord, I, I want to thank you for everyone who is willingly putting themselves at risk for the sake of the rest of us. Lord, could we respond to them with patience, with kindness, with understanding? Lord, can we know that whether it be church leaders or government leaders or, or medical personnel, that everyone is doing the best that they can in this moment to care for everyone. And so, Lord, can we give your grace that you give us? Can we give the peace that passes all understanding, Lord God? Can you give all of us that peace that passes all understanding, Lord Jesus? And that can we spread that peace, Lord God? Lord, can we make your peace go viral, Lord Jesus? Can we make your good news go viral? Can we make your loving kindness go viral, Lord can we spread that, Lord Jesus? And Lord, finally, I pray for protection, Lord Jesus, for every single one of these people who are putting themselves in harm's way. Lord, for all of our friends at, at Sunrise Outreach Center um, with, with Camp Hope and the Union Gospel Mission and all of these folks who are still willingly putting themselves in the line, Lord God, and putting themselves out there and, and and Lord, would you cover them and would you protect them as they do your work in caring for the least of these, Lord Jesus, both here in Yakima and across the nation, God. Lord, we need you in this moment. Jesus, we need you now more than we ever have. So Lord, would you be with us? Would you be with us, Jesus? So Lord, again, protection, Lord God, for our medical personnel, our first responders, anyone who's willingly putting themselves out there. We just thank you for that, Jesus. Lord, we, we pray your presence. We pray your presence, Lord. Amen. Aaron, thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for giving us some of your insight. And uh, yeah, please. I just want to reiterate, I, I appreciate all the prayers for us, those of us that are you know, in the middle of this. I think we are all in the middle of this. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, I, I think our pastor, Dusty, um, other other pastors, teachers, you know, all these other people that are involved in this. We need everybody yeah. to contribute. Yeah. We need people to um, help us uh, make sense of this during the storm. We need people um, to help with those that are vulnerable. Um, I think we can all um, really benefit in a way from from this, in that you know our social connections and other means, other than just getting together, can be strengthened. Yes, we can care for our neighbors. We can um, care for those around us in a different way. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really thankful for the interconnectedness that we have with technology yeah. and that it's so easy to be connected even um, mm. even at a time like this. Without being physical. 15, yeah. 15 years ago, this would have been almost impossible yes. to do yeah. a church service like this. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, thank God for science. <laughs> <laughs> thank, you. thank you, Aaron. Um, just kind of one, one final thing. Um, During this time, a lot of us have um, kind of thoughts and opinions on what's going on, the various different responses to this. I would ask for all of us, um, no, I'm even going to go so far as to say this in, in the name of Christ Jesus, to set aside your um, political predilections, to set aside your prejudices, to set aside kind of who did what, when, where, and how. And in this moment, allow us to come together. 
and to pray for all of our leaders. Um, in particular, um, I just as I was praying and I was kind of saying, Lord, who who should I give a shout out to? Who you know? Um, uh, personally, for me, as a resident of the state of Washington and being in Yakima, um, I'd like to thank Vice President Pence for coming here, for working with Governor Jay Inslee, for the two of them taking decisive and swift action and working across the aisle and coming together despite their political differences for the benefit of all of us. And I feel like those two guys could be a really good example um, for us of being able to, in this time, set all of that aside for the greater good. And um, our nation's head immunologist, his name is Anthony Fauci. Um, and Mr. Fauci has served through multiple administrations. He's served across um, for years and years and years. And so just that we could be praying for him, uh, it's okay. Um, so anybody who's listening online, I guess we lost our Facebook feed, that's okay. But anybody who's listening uh, through our podcast, let's just be praying for our leaders. Uh, thank you all. Bless you guys. And um, this is how we're going to be for a little while until this thing blows over. So thank you for joining us.